So, as I said, today is the Feast of Trumpets, and so we're going to obviously take a break from the book of Acts, so we're working through the book of Acts. But since today is the last day of the Feast of Trumpets, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about this, and next Monday is Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. So I wanted to talk about the significance of these feasts um, there are seven original feasts that God gave to Israel, and this is the fifth of the seven. So today being Rosh Hashanah, or the Feast of Trumpets, we're going to look at this feast, what it means, its significant, its fulfillment, and like all the feasts, the feasts are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So our text comes from Leviticus chapter 23, verse 23 through 25. It's very short. The Bible doesn't say a lot about any of the feasts. Uh, well, it says a lot more about some of the feasts, but the Feast of Trumpets doesn't really say a lot. So here's what God gave to Moses, Leviticus 23, beginning in verse 23. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. You shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. So the Feast of Trumpets commemorates and holds meaning for various things, various reasons. So this is on the Jewish calendar, the seventh month of the year. And the Feast of Trumpets is celebrated on the first day of the seventh month. It is, for all practical purposes, it is the Jewish New Year. Or the word Rosh Hashanah means head of the year, literally in Hebrew. So the Feast of Trumpets is the head of the year. It's not the first month, it's the seventh month because... There were two different calendars that the Jews went by. This is the civil calendar, so it's their new year. But the religious calendar, the, the feast begin with Passover. Nisan, the month of Nisan, which is in the spring of the year, uh, what we call Easter, really comes out of the celebration of Passover. And that is the first of the seven feasts. Passover first fruits, or Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, then 50 days later, Pentecost, then you have the long summer, and then when you get into the fall, you have trumpets, you have Day of Atonement, and then you have the Feast of Tabernacles. And so, Feast of Trumpets begins the last three feasts, and they come very quickly. So, we'll talk about that a little bit, but we're going to look really at this feast, the Feast of Trumpets. So let's talk about some of the things that this feast uh, commemorates or remembers. The head of the year, the new year, it really commemorates for the Jews the creation of the world. So when the Jews celebrate the Feast of Trumpets, they celebrate and they remember the creation of the world. So the Feast of Trumpets, known as Rosh Hashanah, is literally head of the year. 
And this holiday, celebrated by the Jews, not only commemorates the new year, but it is a remembering of the creation of the world, and specifically of Adam and Eve. In that regard, the blowing of the trumpets also commemorates the king of the world, the creator of the world, who is God. So blowing the trumpets also announces the king. So now we're talking about this from a Christian perspective. But understand there are Jews celebrating this feast today <clears throat> all over the world and have been celebrating it since sunset on Friday who don't believe in Jesus, who don't look at Jesus as their Messiah, so they don't see the implications of this feast in terms of what, how it speaks to us of the Messiah. So they, they really do commemorate this feast as New Year's. They really do commemorate this feast and remember the creation of the world. They really do blow that shofar as a signal of their king. They just don't fully know who that king is. They're still looking for their Messiah. They're still looking for their king to come. But we, as believers in Jesus, know the king has already come. So as we look at the Jewish aspect of this feast, I want you to think about the implications. How does this speak of Christ? Because this is why the feasts are given to us, to point us to Jesus. And so when the Jews blow the trumpet proclaiming the king, the creator, the creation of the world, specifically the creation of Adam, the first man, and Eve, the first woman. They're celebrating creation, but without realizing they're celebrating much more than that. So think about this. When trumpets are blown, and so they use, they use a shofar, but they do use, they do use silver trumpets. It's part of the feast. They do use silver trumpets. And in your Bible, it's the word trumpet, but that word trumpet in Hebrew is shofar, and it is literally talking about that ram's horn. So when you read that about the feast and you hear the word, read the word trumpet, don't think silver trumpet, think ram's horn, because that's what that word trumpet means when it gives us the feast. Well, let's pray. Father, we ask that you would open our hearts and minds to your word. Lord, as we look at this feast today, we know that all the feasts have been fulfilled in Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the reason, Lord, that you gave the feast to Israel, and the fulfillment of each of those days and all that they represent is found in you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for sending the Son, and we ask that you would, by your Holy Spirit, Open our hearts and minds to the good news of the gospel that's revealed in all of your word, in all of your feast, in all that you have done, in all of creation. Father, we ask this, that we might be a people that would give glory to your name in this earth. As a witness, in Jesus' name, amen. So think about this. Now, it, it's... It's um, Feast of Trumpets. It's late September. We celebrate Christmas 
December 25th. And Christmas is what? The celebration of the birth of Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating Christmas on December 25th. But we know that Jesus, though there are people that disagree, there are people who believe Jesus really was born on December 25th, but it's commonly now believed that Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th. We don't know that for sure. The Bible doesn't tell us the date that he was born. It is commonly believed, and I do believe this, that Jesus was more than likely born during the Feast of Trumpets. One of the reasons, one of the clues we have, is that the shepherds were out in their field keeping their flocks. So they weren't out in the dead of winter keeping their flocks. They were in the pleasant, temperate fall time keeping their flocks. This, this is the time of year when the shepherds are out keeping their flocks. Um, and, and so many believe that Jesus was born on, on Feast of Trumpets, not December 25th. It doesn't really matter whether you believe that or not. Um, I do believe that, and I do think that it's interesting that the blowing of the trumpets is the declaration of the king. It is announcing the king. So every year when the Jews blow their trumpets at the Feast of Trumpets, they are blowing them to announce the king the creator of heaven and earth. Now think about this. As a nation of Israel, as the nation of Israel was celebrating the Feast of Trumpets some 2,000 years ago, and they were blowing trumpets to announce the king and the creator of heaven and earth and the first man, Adam, going unnoticed to most was the birth of the baby in a manger who is the true king and the true Lord of all. And there with the blowing of the trumpets came the creator king lying in a manger birthed from his creation into his creation. If you stop and think about it, it's really a very profound picture of what happened. There are some interesting traditions surrounding the Feast of Trumpets. One, of the, one is the reading of Genesis 22. The ancient Jews read Genesis 22 as part of the celebration of this feast. And no doubt they did it because it is the Feast of Trumpets or the Feast of Shofars. So if we were reading that in Hebrew, we would know that word trumpet is shofar. And for a Jew, they would automatically picture this, not a silver trumpet. They would picture this. This is what a shofar is. And why would they read Genesis 22? Well, because Genesis 22 gives us the story of how the shofar came into existence. So this is what the Jews believe, that the reason they use shofars, the reason they blow a shofar is because that ram that was in the bush trapped by those horns on his head that Abraham untangled and then sacrificed to the Lord instead of his son. And we don't know this to be true. The Bible doesn't tell us this, but this is where the shofar comes from. This is the Jewish tradition, that that horn from that ram became the shofar. And so the Jews used the shofar for lots of things. 
Now, it is interesting, I think. <clears throat> so not a trumpet, but a shofar. It is interesting if you think about this record in Genesis 22. That as Isaac and, and, and Abraham are going up the mountain, Isaac asks Abraham, Father, where is the lamb? I see the fire. I, I, I've got the wood. Isaac's carrying the wood. You see the, you see the picture? Isaac, who is a type of Christ, is carrying the wood that he's going to be sacrificed on. It's a picture of Christ carrying his cross to Calgary. These parallels exist all through Scripture. So when we read the Scripture, when we read the feast, we shouldn't read the feast thinking about ancient Jewish history or modern-day celebrations of feast. We should read the Bible, read the feast. We should look at these and ask God to give us eyes to see Jesus. In the story of Genesis 22, Isaac carrying the wood up the mountain with his father is a picture of Christ carrying his cross. And he says to his father, where is the lamb? Because they knew lambs are what you sacrifice to God. Why a lamb? Well, Abel knew this. It's why Abel's sacrifice was accepted. And Abraham says, the Lord will provide for himself a lamb. But guess what? When they got up there, it wasn't a lamb. It was a what? It was a ram. It was a full-grown male. It was a lamb that had grown up. Because the lambs that were sacrificed was the firstborn male. It was the male. It was a male lamb that was sacrificed. The Passover, it was a baby lamb. It was a baby ram. And God did provide his own lamb in Jesus Christ. But Jesus wasn't a baby being sacrificed, Jesus was a full-grown man or a ram. You see the picture? So these pictures are all throughout the scriptures. A ram is a full-grown lamb, and that's exactly who God provided in Jesus Christ. The shofar or the ram's horn is used to symbolize that ram that God provided in place of Isaac and in place of us all through Jesus Christ. Abraham called the place the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. We used to sing a song about that. And to this day, the scripture says, it is says, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And so God has gracefully provided for us in Jesus Christ. Trumpets was a call to awake. It was a call to return, to repent. It was a call to holiness. The Feast of Trumpets marks the beginning of the High Holy Days and the final ten days of a season of repentance in preparation for the judgment that occurs on the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, which occurs each year on the tenth day of the seventh month. So ten days into the month is Yom Kippur. It's eight days after Feast of Trumpets. Feast of Trumpets is celebrated over two days. These 10 days from the beginning of the Feast of Trumpets to the Days of Atonement and to the Day of Atonement are called the Awesome Days or the 10 Days of Awe. These are the final 10 days of the season called Teshuvah. It's a 40-day period of fasting, of prayer and fasting. Now, the Jews were only commanded to fast on the Day of Atonement. You could fast anytime you wanted, but there was one day of year 
that you were commanded to fast, and that was on Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. But these 40 days leading up to Yom Kippur was a season where the Jews were to, to examine themselves and to think about their lives and to think about the covenant with God and how well they were walking out and fulfilling that covenant with God. And then Yom Kippur came and it's the Day of Atonement when the sins of the nation were judged by God. We'll talk about that next week. The day of a, uh, the Feast of Trumpets was the beginning of what those, those ten days or these high holy days. What is the significance of the feast for us today? Why should we even consider it? Well, the practical answer is because God gave it to his people and he put it in his word. So everything that's in God's word has meaning and relevance for us today. The meaning and the fulfillment of the Feast of Trumpets has great significance for us today, as does all of God's word. Now, when we go back and look at this scripture, in verse 24, God says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets. What is a memorial? A memorial is something we remember. It's something we commemorate. It's something that we're to be reminded of. A memorial means a remembering, a reminder of something that has happened. It's a memorial of blowing of trumpets, God says. Well, what are they memorializing? What are they remembering? When was there a blowing of trumpets that Israel would have remembered? And the answer to that is found in Exodus chapter 19. Now, when God is giving this to, to Moses, you know, he's, he's up there uh, getting all this information, and he's going to deliver it to the children of Israel. Exodus chapter 19, verse 13, the last part of the verse, it says, God says, when the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain, talking about the nation of Israel. So in Exodus 19, they're all out in the wilderness, just freshly out of Egypt. They're gathered around Mount Sinai, and Moses is up on the mountain getting instruction, and, and God is telling him, you go and tell the people when they hear the trumpet sound to come to the mountain. But don't touch the mountain. Stay away from the mountain. Put, put boundaries there. Verse 16, then it came to pass on the third day... You notice that third days play an important role throughout the Bible. On the third day, in the morning, that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. That's a pretty loud trumpet. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. You should just like take some time and get alone and ponder that right there. That, that is an amazing 
Scripture. It's an amazing thing to think about. This was an event that the children of Israel could never forget, nor would God allow them to. This is what they are memorializing each year at the Feast of Trumpets. The sights and the sounds that frightened them so greatly were to be memorialized each year as a reminder of the covenant they entered into at that mountain. The blowing of the trumpets each year was a memorial of God's covenant with his people. It reminded them who they were in covenant with him. It reminded them that they affirmed that covenant at Sinai and that God in his faithfulness calls us to be faithful to that covenant. So at that mountain that day, after the trumpet blew and the people trembled and shook and the fire was on the mountain and the smoke was on the mountain and God spoke, And he said, do you accept my covenant? And Israel said, yes, we do. And every year, when the Feast of Trumpets was celebrated, they remembered, they memorialized the blowing of that trumpet. Not the trumpet they blew, but the trumpet God sounded on that mountain. And he sounded so loud and so long they trembled. They were, it was so frightful, they told Moses, we don't want to hear from God anymore. You talk to God, and then you come and tell us what God said, because he is too scary for us. And if you read that whole account in Exodus, you see that he was scary for Moses too. Now, I don't say that so that we would be scared of God, but this is our God. This is who we This is who we are in covenant with. This is the creator king. This is the great and awesome God, the Lord God Almighty. Today, what does trumpets signify for us? We're not Jews. You may be, but but we're not keeping the law. We're not here today to keep the law. We're not living under the law of Moses. This is what we're talking about as we're going through Acts. This is the very subject we're talking about from Acts chapter 15 now into Acts chapter 16 when the Jerusalem council gives to the Gentiles these four points and says you don't have to keep the law of Moses. Does that mean that the Feast of Trumpets doesn't have any significance? Does that mean that the law has no significance? Absolutely not. It has great significance, and we should know the significance and remember what those four points from the Jerusalem Council to the Gentile churches was basically telling them. You don't have to keep the law of Moses, but you, you have to live a holy life. You can eat what you want to eat, but you can't live any way you want to live. And God has given us his word as a guide as to how to live. And the Feast of Trumpets is the beginning of these high holy days. The last ten days leading up to the Day of Atonement when the sins of the nation will be judged by God. And the people were called to turn to the Lord, to repent from their sin, to look to God and to trust in God because God was their only hope. Except then they were sacrificing animals and trusting in the blood of bulls and goats. 
But even then, they realized that it really wasn't the blood of bulls and goats that God wanted. It, it was something much greater than that. What God wanted was our heart, which is why when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, the greatest commandment is this, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. The Shema. He said, that is the greatest commandment. Today, we don't remember a smoking mountain. We don't remember a trumpet blowing from a mountain. Today, we remember Jesus. We remember Jesus because Jesus is what that mountain represented. Jesus is what that law represented. Jesus is what that feast represented. Jesus is what all of that, all of that in the Word of God represents Jesus, points us to Jesus. The fulfillment of this is in Jesus Christ. Jesus, our lawgiver. Jesus, our law keeper. Jesus, the one who has given us a new and a better covenant based on better promises, a covenant of his blood. The coming of Christ was at the Feast of Trumpets. Jesus was born while shepherds were out in their fields with their flocks. It was not the dead of winter, but this very time of year. Trumpets for the Jews still today as a reminder of the creation of the world and specifically of Adam and Eve. For us, we know that the first Adam was created to bring forth the last Adam. The first man was created to bring forth the second man, Jesus Christ. So in memorializing the creation of the world and of man, we are memorializing Jesus, the creator of the world, and the son of man, who is the Savior. The Jews memorialize the creation of the world and they blow the trumpet to announce the king, but they don't know who their king is. They know it's God, but they don't know who their Messiah is. Today, we celebrate trumpets not by blowing a shofar. We're going to celebrate it in a very different way. In fact, we don't just celebrate the head of the year. Once a year, we celebrate the head of the week every week. For us, we know who Jesus is. Trumpets memorialized the covenant given at Sinai, but that only spoke of the better covenant that would come through Jesus Christ. We memorialize that covenant each time we come to the table of the Lord on the first day of the week or the head of the week, the head of a new week. You do realize today is the head of a new week. Don't use a calendar that has Monday as the first day. Use the calendar that understands reality. Sunday is the first day of the week. And there's a reason why Sunday is the first day of the week. God ordained it to be the first day of the week. Saturday, the Jewish Sabbath, was the day of rest. It was the last day of the week. I have friends and family who believe we should be worshiping on Saturday, not Sunday. But I happen to believe that the very celebration of the Feast of Trumpets, eight is the number of new beginnings. We celebrate a new week every week. We celebrate the head of the week every week. And in doing that, we're celebrating the head of the year, not, not a day, but a man. Jesus is the head. He is the one that is first, is prominent, who stands above any and everything and all else, 
At the table of the Lord, each week we affirm the covenant by remembering his body and his blood. Jesus, when he took the cup at the Last Supper with his disciples, said these words recorded for us in John twenty-two twenty, And this is the fulfillment of trumpets for us. When the Lord said this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. See, the Jews celebrate trumpets remembering the first covenant, the covenant given at Sinai. We celebrate trumpets, not once a year, but every time we come to this table and we celebrate the head of the week, we are proclaiming the head, the Lord Jesus, who has given to us a better covenant based on better promises. Not through the blood of bulls and goats, not from a ram, but from his very own body. With the coming of Christ, with the coming of Christ came the fulfillment of the Feast of Trumpets at the birth of Christ. Now, I also have friends who believe that the rapture was very likely to happen during this Feast of Trumpets. Now, we have till sunset today. Feast of Trumpets is still happening. It's not going to be over until sunset today. And so, much of the church today looks, as, looks at trumpets as a future fulfillment, that it's not been fulfilled yet, that that's when the rapture of the church is going to take place. I personally don't believe that. I believe all the feasts have been fulfilled. The trumpets were blown and Christ came. He was born in that manger and he did his work and he finished his work and he judged this world and he cast down Satan and he is now the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He said to his disciples, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There is no authority that we're waiting for Jesus to get. He's got it all already. He said so in his own words in Matthew 28. He judged this world, John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Tabernacles. So 10 days from now is Day of Atonement. Five days after that is Tabernacles. Tabernacles is a, is a very joyous feast. It lasts seven days, eight days. Seven days, then you have the last, the great day, the eighth day of the feast. It's, it's like eight days of a party. It's like a huge party. Do you know what tabernacles represents? The God who tabernacles with us. The God who is with us. The God who dwells among us. And you shall call his name Emmanuel. Meaning, God with us. The Bible says he is the God who never leaves us, who never forsakes us. Jesus is not here physically, but he is here. We're getting ready to come to this table, and we don't believe that bread is going to turn into Jesus, and we don't believe that cup is going to turn into his blood. But we absolutely believe the body of Christ is present at this table. Why? Because you're present at this table. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Because Christ dwells in you by the Holy Spirit. He is with us and he has promised he will never leave us and never forsake us. He is tabernacling among us 
Yes, there's a future fulfillment. Yes, he is going to come again in glory, physically, bodily, and put his feet on this earth and reign on this earth forever and ever. But don't you for one minute think that Christ is not with you. Don't you for one minute think that Christ is somewhere in some cosmic realm separated from you. No, he is in you, and you are in him, and if you are in Christ, you are inseparable. You are one with him. He is absolutely tabernacling among us right now. So with the coming of Christ came the fulfillment of the Feast of Trumpets. Trumpets was to memorialize for the children of Israel the trumpet of God sounding at Mount Sinai when he entered into covenant with the children of Israel. It was a reminder for them of all that God had done and who God is. What, this is what the table of the Lord is for us each week. It is a reminder of the new covenant we have entered into in Christ. We come to this table at the head of each week to remember and to thank God for all that he has given to us in Jesus Christ. And each week it is a reminder to prepare ourselves to live our life in covenant with him. This is what trumpets is for Israel. So that when the Yom Kippur and the Day of Atonement comes, they're ready. Listen, this is why we come to the table every week. Because we are commanded to live ready, to be ready, to be instant, in season and out of season, Paul told Timothy. We live in him. We move in him. We have our very being in him. So each week it's a reminder to prepare ourselves to live our life in covenant with him knowing that we will stand in his presence in judgment one day, but also having the confidence given to us in his love through faith. Listen to the words of the apostle. In his first letter, 1 John 4, 17 through 19, John writes, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he, that's Christ, as Christ is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. There is no fear in love. God's love for you is perfect. It is complete There is nothing lacking in his love for you. And God's perfect and complete love for you, even though I won't speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. I am very imperfect. I am very incomplete. I fail a lot. It's not my ability to be perfect. It's not my ability to be without failure. That gives me confidence before God. It's God's perfect love for me. It's the perfect work that Jesus accomplished on the cross. It's the perfect life Jesus lived. It's the perfect law that he kept. That's what gives me confidence. That's what gives you confidence. You are as he is because that's how God chooses to declare you. And see you in his son. God knows our failures. God knows our weaknesses. But his love for us is perfect. 
And that perfect love he has for us is to be our motivation to live holy, to live in covenant, to turn, to return, to repent, to look to him, to trust in him. Each week, we come to this table. That's what we're, we're reminded of. His perfect love for us. We come to this table and we are reminded of his love and the covenant he has provided for us with his very own blood spilled from his very own body that was given up for us at the cross. The Feast of Trumpets is a memorial, a memorial of the blowing of trumpets. This table, this is our Feast of Trumpets. It's our memorial that we participate in every week At the head of the week, we come to this table and we proclaim a glorious memorial. What a glorious memorial this table is. What a glorious Savior Jesus Christ is. This is what we memorialize. This is what we remember. This is what we proclaim each week when we come to the table. So I invite you, as you trust Jesus, as you look to Jesus, and I would encourage you to look to him, to trust in him right now. There's no magic formula. From your heart of faith, look to him and trust in him. And if you are looking to him and if you are trusting in him, then come to this table. Come to Jesus. Let's all stand. Here's your charge today. If there's any people on the face of this earth that should hear, need to hear the trumpet call of God, it is his church. It is the people of God. We are to hear the trumpet call, the voice of the Lord calling us to turn, calling us to trust, calling us to awake from our slumber, to turn to Jesus, to trust in Jesus. The trumpeting voice of God is calling us to return and repent, to trust and to obey Jesus, there is a judgment day coming. God is not silent, so we must not be silent. Blow a trumpet in Zion, the scripture says. Sound an alarm in his holy mountain. Why? Because the king is coming. So live like it. Preach like it. Teach like it. Play like it. Work like it. Everything you do, do it as unto the Lord the King of glory. Amen.